0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com.
1: This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. What is up, rockers? Welcome to episode seven of the Managemental Mental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. Yes, the struggle is real, my friends, but let us help you uncover some of the mystery that is this competitive business of rock and roll. I am your host, a former rodeo clown turned crossover thrash architect who is now currently an artist manager by day and rock ninja by night, Mr. Blasco. I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, a record label owner, fellow artist manager, and charity event golfer, Mr. Mike Mowry
0: thank you thank you obviously you're not a golfer which is what would be said to me if you saw me out there trying to uh move my hips a little and you know go for the hole in one but uh i'll take it you know i like to do a little bit of charity fundraising and if it involves uh, a little a little white ball and a big wooden club i'll have at it nice
1: in the last episode We used big scary words and phrases like return of investment, job, and buzz. You now know that you need to build a sense of value with your music to appeal to record labels, booking agents, and managers alike, but how do you accomplish that? What is the formula? How in fact do you build a buzz? Well, honestly, I'm not sure that it is an exact science. But let's dig deep and see if we can uncover some options. In today's episode, we discuss an article written by Simon Tam for MusicThinkTank.com titled, Six Ways to Get More People to Your Shows.
0: And side note from your co-host from the other coast, who has been swilling on a lot of his Darkest Hour DC Brow collaboration, Buzz is not having about three of those and then trying to make your band popular and important. It's all about the facts that we're going to give you by breaking down this awesome article.
1: This should be a fun one, so let's get mental. So, Mike, how about them Grammys?
0: What Grammys, my friend? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty amazing. I caught some of it while, you know, on my couch and didn't pay attention to a ton, but then it looked like there was some pretty funny stuff that went on. How much did you partake in? Did you get to go see Metallica at at the after party?
1: No, I mean, because I, I, I just saw them do, like, an intimate thing at the, at the Fonda, you know, just a couple weeks back, which was, you know, super fun and super awesome. Um, so I didn't uh, make efforts to get into their post-Grammy shenanigans. But as far as the Grammys go, right, like, I mean, look, one, one of our – on our first episode, predictions for 2017, was the Grammys will continue to be not so spectacular. And, look, I'm only going to say this about that. It is clearly obvious to me that we look like unsuccessful party crashers in the context of metal at the Grammys, right? We were reluctantly invited by these beautiful people who just condescendingly pat us on the head to try and make us feel welcome while only making us look like pathetic, groveling idiots, in my opinion. Personally, I don't want to hang out where I'm not wanted with a bunch of people that think they are better than me. Anyway, rant over. <laughs>
0: you know, I thought it was hilarious that you know Megadeth wins, and then I guess the, the the orchestra was playing Metallica, which just has to be sort of comical that even when we are invited to the big dance, they can't quite get the song right. So. Um, <laughs> yeah man. You know, anyway, I mean, yeah i mean look it brings a little bit of attention to our little world i don't think that any of us really take you know them seriously i think it's fun to watch some of our friends get dressed up and have an excuse to go play with the big boys or play with the elite but uh, it's not part of the agenda of what you nor i are typically working towards you know our accolades are much different and measured in definitely different ways and i'm sure down the line we will probably have a podcast that focuses on what it means to be successful and how in some senses you have to redefine what success is it's not just major television and and organizational accolades and money it's you know it's some of the stepping stones that we're going to talk about on how to grow your band and grow your career
1: damn straight anyway moving on to the episode An article written by Simon Tam for MusicThinkTank.com titled, Six Ways to Get More People to Your Shows is the basis for today's discussion. Simon can be found on Twitter at at SimonTheTam, that's T-A-M. As usual, we will link the article in the show notes for all those interested in checking it out. Do you sometimes feel that your band's draw is languishing? Are you tired of seeing the same people at your shows and want to play to a new crowd even in your hometown? If you're like most musicians, you know that you absolutely can do better, that you have more fans out there than who actually show up at the venue, and despite always receiving positive feedback, you don't know why more people aren't showing up. Here are some tips on building some momentum back into your tour dates so you can increase your band's draw. Number one, find a different angle for the show. It's easier to get more people to show up if it's your band's first show, when you're releasing a new album, it's a tour kickoff, or when it's your final gig. Obviously, it's because your fans realize those are special occasions and want to be there. So rather than making every local show the same, find creative ways to make them more enticing. Film a live music video, let fans write the set list, do special covers, play acoustically if you normally don't, or vice versa, record a free download of a live track, etc. In other words, give your fans compelling reasons to show up.
0: Yeah, I think this is a, an interesting take, and definitely it's one of those, these are things that you and I, or at least I am doing with certain artists mm-hmm. Subconsciously, We're not even thinking about it, and that's because our artists have a lot going on, and therefore there are new records, and there are times that we're doing a song for the first time, or in some senses we've got artists that have been around a while, and they're doing an album in full, let's say. But creating an occasion is surely one way to kind of psychologically entice and encourage people to to come, you know, that's sort of already assuming that you've got a little bit of a fan base and people wanna come see you anyways or they've come to see you and now you're just trying to give them another reason to come again.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, to back up for the for the newbies here, why is it even important to have people at your shows and to grow more people? Because having people at your shows and having a draw is part of the recipe for building a buzz right so that's why this is this is crucial and that's why we're, we're talking about it a few things in terms of treating your events like something special back in the day whenever system of a down was a local la band playing the roxy on tuesday nights one trick that they did was and this is before they had a record deal or anything right this is like way back one trick that they did is, you know, they had a, they had a community because they're, they're Armenian and they had built this sort of internal Armenian community. They would have a party bus and they rented like this school bus type of thing and they put a keg in the back and they would charge their buddies like, you know, whatever, 20 bucks that included the ticket to get in, the ride to the gig, you know, so free designated driver and as much beer as you could drink out of the keg. So those guys would bust in their crowd so they would play and the place would be packed because they bust in all these people. And I thought that was a really, I thought that was a really great idea. So if there's a way that you can replicate something like that, it's, you know, Party bus,
0: you know, and, and, and sounds completely dude. legal with a keg in the back. But hey, you know, <laughs> well, L- L.A. in the in the '90s was a different time in a different place. I'm assuming.
1: Well, but I mean, but the but party buses now, like if you rent like a legit party bus, if there's a a, a divider between the driver and the the passengers, it's totally legal to have as much booze in the back as you want.
0: And don't yeah. just take our word for it, ladies and gentlemen. As we will repeat throughout our our goal to educate you, always consult an attorney. Before agreeing to anything that some silly manager tells you. Now I'm I'm playing, but you're right, and and it and it actually you know that sparks another idea, which is find you know someone else that's local that may be outside of the music industry, for instance. And I'm talking about this issue with Darkest Hour, and we've done this collaboration with DC Brow, so. We have a show that's an album release show this Friday at the Black Cat, so it'll have already happened by the time you you listen to it, but it's been this big you know event and we've got the you know all these guys that started a brewery that have been into metal and they're motiv- you know, they're mobilizing their friends and there's a lot of people that have seen Darkest Hour locally over the years, plenty of times, but now they feel like they can't miss it because there are so many things that are bringing people together. So again, obviously this is a band that's been around 20 years. We are trying to talk to people that are up and coming, trying to get established. The takeaway from it is if you've got a friend that does something with a clothing line, or you've got somebody that does something with a piercing shop or a tattoo shop, see if you can get them involved and make the event something about more than just your smaller existing community.
1: One other thing, too, that we did around the same time, my band at at the time, local L.A. band, we had this house, sort of like this communal house that was in town, and we had ragers, dude, like after shows, like we had major ragers, and what we would do is we wouldn't let people in that didn't come to the show, so if you wanted to get in and party with us afterwards, you had to... You know, you had to attend the show for whatever it is. Just try and be creative, but find new and innovative ways to get people to show up so that you can have people start to talk about how many people that you're drawing and and promoters can get excited and and all that. So anyway, number two, play less often. It's easy to overplay the same town.
0: I'm not an economics expert. But I do know and remember that there are some simple laws about supply and demand. And if you are always out there supplying, 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 unless your supply is so good, my friends, your demand will definitely decrease. So this is, I mean, this goes across the board and you and I have watched as the industry has shifted to a place where bands have to tour in order to make money and play shows in order to make money. They're doing it more frequently and they're hitting the same markets time and time again. And we've also watched that when they change that strategy a little bit and realize that going to a market once a year as opposed to twice or three times a year, their show in that market is so much better. And so if you're a local band playing your market every month, you can't expect the same thing than if you dial that back and play it once every six months.
1: You really need to be cautious that If you're working the same circuit and only your mom and your girlfriend and like – you know what I mean? Like if you only have friends and family showing up then you need to go back to the drawing board and sort of reengage because you need fans starting, you know, to show up, you know, you need to get that happening um, to really uh, start to work on building a buzz. And, you know, I mean, look, if it's not that you can't play all the time, maybe it's a matter of finding a, uh, a circumference of neighboring cities that you can go to and maybe trade shows, right? Like the, the leapfrog tactic of find a show that's big in a neighboring city, work out a show with them and then vice versa, offer them a show in your town that you can kind of collaborate on so that you're know your building draws around a circumference so you can play more often but just not overplay in the same city. So anyway, number three, build up buzz about the show. How is your band promoting shows right now? With the occasional post on Facebook by some of the band members, even with social media, people can read through the energy. If your own band isn't excited about the show, why should your fans be? In addition to your band, find some fans or friends who are willing to promote the show with you by using social media, hanging out flyers, and personally inviting people out. In fact, the way to create a buzz is to get people talking. A personal invitation will do more than dozens of
0: generic tweets or Facebook invites. This just sort of comes down to engagement as a whole and how sincere and genuine is it. And even if it's not completely sincere and genuine, are you able to fake it? And th- and I don't really mean that, but it is. I think back to the times that that I've been playing or you know, when I've watched bands develop, the ones that actually get people out are the ones that are. They're excited about playing. They can't wait. They got to tell the world. And on top of that, they're ensuring that they're going to, put on the best performance possible and make it something that is unique to their fans one of the interesting things that i heard from a friend and fellow manager who work with a band that's relatively established but you know still working their way throughout the world they've done something where they find ambassadors for each show and they get that ambassador who's already a really big fan of theirs to do just what you're saying here go out encourage other people to come to the show and then they reward the ambassadors. Maybe they do a private meet and greet shortly before the band goes on or before doors or allow them to come in earlier, whatever they can work out that's a little bit different than what the general public will get. But this is key. You know, you've know, got to help and allow others to do the work with you, provided that they're genuinely excited for whatever you're doing.
1: Great advice. Number four, make the event interactive. Think of some new ways to make fans a part of the experience. Maybe you can have a frequent fan card where they collect stamps for each show and redeem it for a free t-shirt or unreleased material. Maybe you can invite some other artists who are fans to guest perform during your set or maybe you can shoot a fan-made live video for YouTube shot entirely with Vine videos on cell phones whatever it is get creative and make fans feel they're an important part of the experience so they won't want to miss out
0: yeah that that's cool you know i hadn't honestly i haven't even thought of Any of these things, especially Vine, since I'm not even sure if that technology (laughs) still exists. But of course, you know, we're picking up on an article that was written a little while ago. But the advice is still is still great. And, you know, one of the things that I see touring artists do, which is cool, is, you know, they'll have a great show at the end. They'll get somebody, a tour manager or a tech or just a friend to stand maybe where the drum kit is. The band will go out, get down on the stage near the fans take a picture and then post that and say, hey, whatever city, let's just say it's Philadelphia, show was so great last night. Tag yourself. And so that starts to build people to think like, oh, how cool. You know, they're gonna do this and I can tag myself and show my friends that I was there. So you'll build some sort of interactivity for the upcoming shows. But this stuff is cool. I mean I hadn't even thought. I I love to try to think of ways to reward the frequent fans, which you know, I hadn't I hadn't put it that way before. Believe me, I'm parts of plenty of rewards programs, whether it be at a local coffee shop or whatever else it may be, and there's a lot of choice, even in my small area, you got three or four coffee shops to go to and knowing that if I continue to go to the same one and show that loyalty, I'll be rewarded with something free. Definitely gets me to go in there and do the business. I hadn't thought of doing it in this capacity. Have you done any of that or seen any of that kind of stuff?
1: No, but I mean, the message here is to get creative. Whenever you're just starting out, you need all the angles that you can get. And, you know, there's no rules, you know. Don't just stop at like, oh, oh, I called the promoter and we got the show. We're playing at seven o'clock at the bar. You know what I mean? Like get creative with it. I mean, th- these are all good ideas and there's probably 10 more that uh, I'm not even thinking of. You know, create a scene, create a community, hang out with fans, have your computer there as a sign up to for the, for the mailing list and, you know, just interact, be there, be creative. You know, there's like I said, there's no rules. Just get into it. Number five actually promote don't expect people to check your website's tour dates on a regular basis or for them to notice the poster you hung up at the local record shop do those things and more issue a press release and try to get local coverage call the local radio station and see if they'd like to give out free tickets share information about your show multiple times over a few weeks on social media Physically mail postcards or invites to your mailing list and more. Think about it. How do you find out about local shows?
0: Yeah, I mean, this is really good advice and it, it's kind of funny. It's a friend of mine's birthday today and, you know, I wished him happy birthday. I think I sent him a text and he said, oh, hey, I'm celebrating on Sunday, blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, do you have a Facebook invite? And he's like, yeah, you're RSVP'd that you're going. (laughs) And the takeaway is, you know, we just were so overwhelmed with so many things and events and happenings in, you know, the world that even when you say you're going to something on a Facebook event, doesn't really necessarily mean that you're going. And so something to to take away if you're if you are a band, you know, if people like your post, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to act on that. Or if they say they're going, hopefully it means they are, but of course things come up. And you've got to consistently find multiple ways to get in there and remind them and and know that you're playing. And yeah, I mean, I think taking that approach of actually promoting in multiple ways is the key to really ensuring that you're going to be able to get some of these people to come out.
1: Yeah, back in the day, we had a clipboard and we would either be hanging out at the merch booth or we would have someone walk around or both and we would get addresses. And we would print up postcards and we would send out postcards whenever we had a a gig coming up. So nowadays, obviously it's much easier because you can just get people to sign up for email addresses, but I want to encourage young bands to really start to build their email lists and how important that is. I mean, blasting a tweet or an Instagram post or whatever, that's complimentary to what you do, but your focus really should be on building that email list. I mean, you have to understand that when someone gives you their email address, they're really inviting you into their home and that's to be taken you know very seriously and you know don't abuse the privilege but that's a good way to communicate and and like anyone will tell you like any music business promo marketing you know information that you read will also echo this sentiment of encouraging you to really start to build your your email list so that that would be uh, you know my takeaway from
0: this yeah I mean as much data as you can get and as long as you're not willing to exploit it I mean you and I lived through the MySpace era where you had thousands upon thousands of you know if not millions of people interacting with you there and then one day it's there and one day it's gone Thankfully, many of the people migrated over to Facebook, but we just continue to see so many of these new technologies develop. And the one thing that should remain relatively consistent is, like you said, somebody's email address or if you can figure out how to get their phone number and wanna look at some of the, you know, these are a little bit more expensive, but text notifications, those are the things you gotta hit people where they're actually paying attention as well as doing all of the other kind of blanketed strategy. I mean, one of the things that, that I've been seeing a lot lately lately is people utilizing bands in town. Bands in town, you know, they used to charge for you to get notifications to people directly into their inboxes, but now I'm getting messages all the time. This is something that wasn't being utilized as much, even as late as the end of last year. And of course, once everybody catches on and starts to use it, Inbox is going to get flooded. You're not going to pay as much attention, but it's always eyeing how and where and why people are utilizing each existing technology to make that impact.
1: Yeah, Bands in Town is great. I I, I highly recommend that platform as well. Final number six, change who you perform with. If you are playing for the same crowd every time, you might need to change up the venues that you're playing or the other artists who you share the bill with. Perhaps you need to change the genre of music or even introduce other types of artists such as comedians, dancers, visual artists, etc. Get out of your comfort zone and play for a new, completely different type of crowd.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, some of these things, they just sound so easy. And you and I both know that occasionally there's, there is one venue that's going to take developing artists or local bands, especially if you're specializing in a particular genre. And so that can be challenging, but maybe flip it on its head. I mean, you know, there's an artist that we work with on the label side where when we were talking to them and I wanted to go see them live, they said, well, we've got a couch tour happening currently. I said, you know, explain this to me. And they very creatively were reaching out to their fans and asking them if they could come and play in their living room and quote unquote crash on their couch. And they called it a couch tour, which I thought sounded a little bit cooler and a modern take on house shows, you know? And so yeah. sometimes you got to get creative in that capacity, flip the script completely on its head and instead of like you're saying drive into that same venue oh well we got to pay to play and we don't like that or you know we can't get anybody to come see us it's how can you figure out a place for people to come see you you know when I was growing up and touring all over the world I mean I remember the city park in freaking Little Rock Arkansas you know down by the river and the DIY punk kids there had figured out through the Community um, accessibility, they'd figured out how to get access to it and get free access to it. You know, mind you, the city officials probably didn't have a clue that they were going to show up and play punk rock or, you know, blaring metal, but that's what the people used it for. And so you got to think about interesting ways to reinvent what you're doing, even when it might seem like you're just trying to invent what you're doing.
1: It's a good idea to think about you know what your fans might want to see for, as a for instance the Zach Sabbath we had a gig in in Brooklyn and i was like you know what would be cool is if we have a comedian open up so i called jim florentine from that metal show you know comedian guy and i was like hey man do you want to come down and do like a 30, 40 minute set or whatever, you know, and he's like, yeah, sure. Fuck it. And it was awesome, man. Like, you know, the fans had such a good time and it was such a cool way to entertain them in a way but without pummeling them with another full metal assault of doom right but it was cool like you know try some things and it was a good way to get people like energized and uh, and look I mean he totally crushed it so it was cool but I think it, once again the, the message here is get creative and and there's no rules and really kind of do some research and think about like the kind of event that you'd want to go see and what entertains you and and, uh, and just make it a fun night I, I think if people have a fun night they're gonna keep coming back for more fun nights you know and maybe that's uh, maybe that's something to think of but anyway to summarize if you have a great show that people thoroughly enjoy you're off to a great start however these days it simply isn't enough chances are you and your bandmates can do a little more to help bring the crowd out to your shows a bigger crowd means you'll have some more income as well as a buzz about your music that can get you into larger venues. Yeah, boy. So there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, people, thanks for tuning in once again. We'll be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have for the podcast to me directly at askglasco at gmail.com because, hey, people, we do this show for you. Consider it a tool for understanding this ever so challenging and confusing business of music. If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and
0: taking your future into your own hands. Mike, any
1: final parting
0: thoughts? Yeah, I just wanted to take a minute and say a quick thank you to all the people that have reached out to both myself and yourself, encouraging us, you know, and saying that they're enjoying what we're doing here. It's been a really fun experience, and I thank you for taking the time, Blasco, to prepare the topics that we are talking about. I'm having a lot of fun doing it, and I'm glad that other people are enjoying it. If you haven't reached out to us, please do feel free. You know, we're promoting ourselves on Instagram, Twitter, and even Facebook. My Twitter is uh, Mike Oloop, and that is also my Instagram. And I just wanted to let you guys know once again that I have a coaching platform, and you can go to outerloopcoaching.com to get my music management primer the business of being an artist and i'm getting a lot of positive feedback there as well so i just wanted to give a shout out and say thanks you guys you know keep the positive and constructive criticisms coming our way
1: no doubt thanks everyone for tuning in peace
0: this is the jabberjaw podcast network